Howdy, Alex. <laughs> Welcome to the wiretap. Welcome to the first fucking live wiretap that we're not doing over Discord or anything. I'm about it, bro. Yeah, I am too. I'm happy. Uh, oh, also, I want you're gonna walk away here with a CD. I try to anytime people from the scene come over, I, I give them a CD. Okay, so, I'm with it. Yeah, I have, I have, I have given you gifts. <laughs> I have too many. I'm gonna be honest. I, I, I have like this whole thing is like almost filled, and like <laughs> one side of it's just my partner's CDs. Like three sides are my CDs. <laughs> so like I need to get rid of some of them so I can get new ones in, and not and justify not taking up more space. There you go. There you go. Exactly. So. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, what bands are you doing? What kind of music do you do? All that kind of fun stuff. Like, tell them about yourself. Currently, I am in one project. Oh no, two projects. I am in. I am doing guitar and backing vocals in Cut Both Ways, and then also doing vocals for a project down in Oregon. Um, the well, it's based out of Oregon. Obviously, I'm up here, but it's called <laughs> Hound, and they're both like hardcore, metalcore mixes, slammy stuff, heavy stuff. Beat your friends up stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember what I think it, was, it might have been at that K Tub show I was talking about. Maybe it was a different one because we had like two scene K Tub shows. But like, I remember. Um, I was. I remember S Pillar's fall was up, and they were like, and James like walked up to the mic and was like, "Get your fucking friend to this song." And I remember like looking at Andy and just being like, "Yeah." <laughs> Here we go. Come, come beat that ass, boy. <laughs> and he just took like a fat hit off a joint too, so he was like fucked up, there fucked up, because he didn't smoke. He didn't smoke weed that much, so I was just like, "You about to get your ass beat, boy?" <laughs> oh, here we go, dude. One of my favorite memories of you from a show was that it was actually one of the last shows that we went that I went to okay. before the uh, pandemic started. What show? Uh, the one at the Real Art. And um, oh, the the couple was yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember like you walked out to your car, and I was like. Yo, Alex, how's it going? And you just turn around with like a guitar in hand. You're like, it's clover time! And then walk back <laughs> in the venue. Bro, that's <laughs> so funny. That show, okay, so that real art show, that's the one where like Shay was on the table yeah. and all that, and Jay got kicked out. That shit killed like, me. That was a good show, but like beforehand, what people don't know is we recorded a music video. Like, we got there at like 11 30 or noon. Holy shit. And like, for like the entire time up until load in, like we were we were just recording and di- taking shots, doing everything. Like we were having malfunctions the whole time. It was oh, like, man. it was crazy, but it was fun. Yeah. But we were we were doing these takes where we had to jump up and down and oh, sing yeah. to the song. It was a uh, which song was it? I think that was recourse, wasn't it? Or was yeah, it? recourse. Okay, yeah, it yeah. Was recourse. Sorry, I'm I'm still no, going good. off of like the working titles. I'm getting used to like having having the out. actual titles out. Yeah, yeah. but like. Yeah, we, we did 12 takes total, and it took, like, a couple hours. Of, we're just, like, jumping up and down, and it's like, it's, like, take after take after take. And then we played the show afterwards. We were just dead. Oh, God, yeah. Up. But it was a great fucking show. That's yeah, and you, sure. got, you guys didn't definitely didn't put on that you were, like, dead as fuck while, court, while oh, playing. No. You guys Shay, are still wild as fuck. Shay gathered us all and was like, come on, guys, we got to push through. <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right. That's some, that's some good shit, dude. Yeah, yeah no, I remember I asked, uh, when I interviewed uh, Shay a while ago, I remember I asked him, like, Oh, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite songs on the EP that you have? And he just was like, my favorite songs are Milkshake and yeah. one other. And I was like, I was like, ah, working titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we got we got some weird ass working titles. I, came I think I feel like every band. band does, dude. I came into the band and like there was like Yellow Chair, Con Song, Mouse Pad, like 
there's one that we're working on called screwdriver like <laughs> just like they, they told me that they just like look at whatever objects closest to them in the room and that's what it's named because <laughs> nate makes most of our music he writes oh, yeah. most of the guitar and so he's, he's just, just like that's what the name is right there that's it <laughs> at least that's what i believe if not correct me i don't know <laughs> dude yeah no one um when i was in my band we had did kind of a similar thing except uh we would name them after like things we read on the, on uh, the internet that's yep. on like something i remember we had one song that was going to be on our ep whenever but we didn't release our ep but um that was called uh, if it fits it sits <laughs> <laughs> there you go and then uh, i think we had one that was called um don't talk to me or my son again yeah um <laughs> I think we had a couple like that where it's just like Named after some internet bullshit. It's one of my favorite memes. Oh, dude, I love that. My son ever again. It's such a good meme. Yeah. So I love Carl's uh, Discord name. Just where's my uh, son? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I was like, yeah, we're gonna do the thing for join us. We're gonna. So like, if you have a Discord, just put, come through and we'll, we'll record. Yeah. You. It's like, cool, cool. My my Discord name is where's my son in the numbers. I was yeah. like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't know is like they all like so. Old band I was in, prying free. My first band I was the vocalist. Carl was the bassist. He he started calling me dad because I was taking care of all the shit. So yeah, his name is Where's My Son in there. And my name is Dad in our Discord. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how it works. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I feel that. Dude, okay. Because I was also... I was kind of band band dad. Me and me and mm -hmm. our drummer Kevin were like definitely like yeah. the people wrangling everyone Taking else. Taking care of business. Yeah, because <laughs> like, dude, we got into like a, I don't know how the fuck we ended up getting conned this way, but we got into like a really predatory fucking management deal, and that yeah. ended up being like kind of why we broke up. So we were just like we couldn't pay this shit anymore, and it wasn't mm -hmm. doing anything for us. Um, it's like it's like two hundred bucks a month. It's just fucking Christ. wild. They they could not get us on the Spotify playlist. What? We were like, we were like, yeah, we put out the song, like, it's pretty decent. Can you try to get us on, like, some kind of Spotify playlist, whether it's, like, official or not, just, yeah. like, something. And then they're like, uh, they come back to us, like, a week later, and they're like, oh, no, we, we can't, but we got you onto a Breaker playlist. And, like, bro, nobody fucking uses Breaker. <laughs> By the way, this podcast is on Breaker. Um, so, <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, he, was like, he was like, no, dude, but, bro... Bro, I got you on a breaker podcast on a breaker uh Play playlist, bro. Shit. And I was just like, bro, who the fuck cares? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody who <laughs> listens to metal that's in a that's in America or like any other yeah. modernized country uses breaker. Yeah, it's gotta be Spotify or Apple or something. Yeah, man. exactly. Or like some kind of uh bandcamp thing, bandcamp playlist or whatever. It's like fuck. That that was such a bad idea. But because of that, it was like me and Kevin were just like wrangling the other two. Because also we were the only two who had social media, so we would end up selling most of the tickets. And then, um, not say they didn't do anything. Because one of them, Reggie, he didn't have, he doesn't really have social media, but he also wrote like all of our songs. Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, I can't be mad at you for yeah, that. Reggie. Yeah, oh god, I love Reggie. He's such a fucking, he's such a man. I love him. <laughs> he's such a man. Um, he's a fucking mad genius. Mm. Um, but yeah, no. So like me and Kevin just like having to wrangle everyone and just be like. All right, we gotta get to the show at this time. All right, we yeah. everybody has to be there. Are are you guys having rides? Or are, you, are you getting rides? Or are you driving yourself? Or what's going on here? Okay, we got we got to plan this shit out. And they're yeah. just like, oh no, we'll be there by that time. I'm like, no, 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 Oh, I'll be off work in thirty minutes. I'll be there within. I'll be there within an hour. Oh fuck! It's like two hours later. It's like, dude, we're about to go on in ten minutes. I'm right down the road. Come running up with stuff. Is it? There we go. There we here go. It is. We're, we're here. here. Let's let's do it. But like, oh yeah. my god, yeah. This 
I do. I don't miss that part of being in a band. It's like all the, yeah. all the communication shit. It's just like it's yeah. fucking rough sometimes. Thank you, Shay. <laughs> doing all of that stuff. Shay's really good about that. Yeah. Uh, doing the doing the interview with him the first time was really easy because that was that was like the first time I hung out with Shay like outside of a mm-hmm. show and he was super welcoming and super nice and also really easy to work like yeah. communicate with. He was just like I was like yo. When you want to do this, and he was like, "This time, this day, around this part when the sun is in the sky, so that we can." <laughs> I was like, "Bro, hell yeah, thank you, fucking artist shape." <laughs> I want it with the sunset. <laughs> I want that golden hour. No, but for real, I love all the boys a couple of ways. And Shay does all the legwork, so I love you. I love them all too. Yeah. You guys are you guys are really nice with me. Yeah. Really nice to me, and like yeah. helping me. And like it's like I said when we were talking the other day, like there's yeah. no reason to turn people away, bro. That's true. That's yeah. what the music scene is for. True. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Like I remember because I, I went to my first show when I was uh, I think like 15, mm-hmm. or no, I went to well, I went to my first like scene show when I was like 15 because I went to school with a uh, I went to school with some of the guys in the Void. I went to school with like Nick and Benny. Yeah. And um. And so they got like their first big show when we were in ninth grade. It was mm-hmm. their, their opening for like Moss of Flames. Nice. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll go to that. Fuck yeah, of course. I want to support awesome. you guys. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and we, I, I pulled through, and I, I I remember seeing people that I still see like now at shows, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh fuck, I remember seeing you, and I was like, fucking fifteen, cringe. Oh man, yeah. hell yeah. And like, I just, I just remember being like, I want to be a part of this music <laughs> scene. Like I was like fucking ninth grade, and yeah. like not like. I could like barely get out like a growl, but I was like, I want to be in a band. Yep. <laughs> I remember like the entire year of like thinking that like doing like whisper screams like Ooh, oh yeah was yeah, like yeah. actually how to do it. That uh, oh, I was like man. sorely mistaken. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> this shows though, man. I remember. Yeah, I was like sixteen when I went to my first show. Like I feel you on that. Like, yeah. The like when you find the scene and then you realize like you go to a show. It's like, whoa, this is a new place. This is weird. This is crazy, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. And you come back to the second show, and it's like you remember that one person, and maybe that one person will talk to you because, like, fuck it. That's how the music scene works. Like, yeah. Like, that's what I love about, especially the Seattle scene. Yeah. It's we're like, all, we're it's pretty a connective friendly. circle. Yeah. Like, Sure, there's some squabbles every once in a yeah. while, but it's like within That's, a month it'll be done. Not only within a month it'll be done, but within a month it'll be like, ah, fucking who remembers that? Exactly. <laughs> we, we, we have social media brain, we all do. We all yeah. forget things in like a week or two. Exactly. <laughs> not, not only that, but like we're all pretty friendly. Like you, you just have to go up and like talk to us, I feel like, yeah. a lot of times. Like you have to just be the guy who goes up and like interjects in the conversation mm-hmm. and you make someone laugh, you're like, you and them are boys yeah. now, kind of thing. <laughs> That's how, that's how I've made, like, most of my friends, like, walk yeah. up, make some stupid joke, and I'm like, uh-huh, funny, what the fuck's your name? And I'd be like, oh, Tucker, hi. It's either that, or, like, you womp on someone that you don't oh, know, and, yeah. and then you're like, are you good? And they're like, I'm good! And then you give a hug, and then you, like, keep going about your business. That's how me and Nick G met, yeah. yeah. He, he, it was at, <laughs> one of the last shows I ever played. It was, like, one of the last shows I ever played with, uh, with Filth and Loser, mm-hmm. which, fucking, that show was so fun. Mm-hmm. And it was at, um, it was, a. Uh, it was at a fuck not Elko, but the fun house. It was at the fun house. Mm-hmm. And um you know, it's a tiny ass room. Yeah. I'm standing by the back, um, uh, by where the bar entrance is with uh with Big Nick, hanging out with him. And then um I like kinda walk up to the front because he's like, Go go throw it out and I'm like, Yeah, but I wanna hang out with you. He's like, Go fucking throw it out, I got work to do. I'm like, Yeah, well <laughs> fine. And so I like walked up to the front to like go to like go mosh and shit. 
And then I, I like walk out the front, I'm standing there for like not even 10 seconds. And I just see like a foot just yep. whoop. I was going to say it was probably a foot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like a cr- I got like bitch slapped by Nick G's foot <laughs> across the face. You got like a van's imprint on your cheek. <laughs> yeah, I got the checker patterns. And then he finishes his tornado of rage. And yeah. he comes over, he's like, you good, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he came over like, yo, you good, bro? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm good, man. And then we came, we went outside and we like piece of cigarette together. And he's like, yeah. oh, and we started talking. And he was like, oh, you're cool. Do. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so I'll see you around. I'll see yeah. you next show. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah. it was super fun. Like, I, that's why I like our, our music scene. Nothing's yeah. like super serious. We're all pretty yeah. protective of each other, too, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Like, whenever I, I remember a lot of times, especially if, like, especially if, like, we, someone's like a photographer, I feel like we're all really protective of our, like, photographer friends, I feel mm-hmm. like. Or at least I am. Because whenever I see people start fucking around with them at shows, I'm like, you better fucking stop that. They have like, they have a camera in their hands. You're about to get some shit you don't want to get. Yep. That's $3,000 you're about to break if you're not careful. Yeah. We're about to break you for a lot more with the U.S. healthcare system. Let me tell you what. <laughs> like, I, I remember it was at, God, I forgot. I think it was an extortionist show. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, Joseph was taking photos. Mm-hmm. And I remember some dude kept, like, slamming into him. Yeah. And, I, and I remember, like, right as me and Eli were about to, like, walk over and, like, pull the guy aside and be like, hey, dude, you better fucking yeah. stop that. Like, Big Nick just grabs him and starts, like, <laughs> pulls him, like, all the way through the venue. That's beautiful. I love I love Big Nick so much. Thank you, everybody, for keeping us safe. True. Thank you. Thank you, security guards. <laughs> Always. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, though, no, one of my favorite moments of Big Nick, actually, just mm. really quickly. I feel like everybody who goes to shows a lot has a favorite Big Nick moment. If we're talking Big Nick moments, I have a handful. Oh, yeah, because did you go on tour with (laughs) with this band? Yeah. Prime Free and Two Clicks back in the day. That was a good time. Oh, God. I remember seeing posts from that. You guys guys played in my brother's uh, town that he went to, Coeur d'Alene. He lives in Coeur d'Alene, yeah. Yeah, At the Castle House. That show fucking insane bro dude i remember the i saw pictures of a guy like didn't he break his nose or something no, there was a dude that got fucking like whomped in the face and broke his orbital bone like <gasps> i believe that's like around here yeah the, i think it's like the eye, kind of like, like around the eye socket yeah but yeah he like busted that shit and then like there was another dude i think that was during two clicks set that that one happened and they played right after prime free did but then uh during prime free set there was this dude i think his name was blake but uh, he was just like swinging, 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 and he didn't even like hit anybody. He just was like having such a good time and like womp the fucking concrete wall behind him oh. and just bust his wrist. Ugh. And he kept going. He didn't realize until like oh, like I, I was told that he didn't realize until like he went to grab a beer afterwards after the set. Like he was he like goes and grabs a beer, tries to pick it up. I'm like ah, and oh, like no. was like oh shit, and his whole like they said like his whole wrist was like twice as big and they were just like yo you need to go to the hospital and yeah then they sent us pictures of his x-rays and they're like post this and we're like okay (laughs) (laughs) that's so sick yeah so from what my brother tells me and again if anyone's watching from Coraline this might not be entirely accurate I'm just going off memory but um what he was telling me is that there's only like one or two like house venues there so like everybody who's like into any kind of music goes to those house venues no matter what the fuck they're into because it's like it's the only music we got unless you want to drive the fucking boys here spokane mm-hmm. so it's like yeah so yeah we, no. we were kicking it like we should so we pulled up to that me so prying free it was me carl aaron kevin and then two clicks at that time stan wasn't there he was still he was in the band playing bass at that point but he wasn't on that leg of the tour yet but it was also dell uh andrew wagner wedge yeah wedge. Um, big nick 
and then Michael Scoggin, our tour manager. Like oh, we yeah. all we all just pull up in this little mini bus. Like we, we had a short bus for tour and we were dragging a trailer behind it. We pull up and we get there and we walk in and I just remember there's a bunch of like black metal kids. Oh yeah. Sitting yeah. on the couch, like looking at the TV, like watching drum cams of like black metal drummers. <laughs> and I was like, All right, this is what we're doing. And then I walk into the back room where they told us to set up merch. There's like three kegs of PBR. And they're just like <laughs> bands drink free. As much as you want, oh. everybody else. Everybody else has to pay a dollar a cup, and all the proceeds are going to you guys at the end of the night. And we're just like, yeah. Oh like, my god, honest, sick. honestly, yeah. The Cordelin scene that's so showed sick. the fuck up. There was like 150 people packed into like this Ooh. tiny ass little house. Oh my god, like, good ass time. <laughs> they showed time. the fuck up. Like, Holy honestly, shit! Honestly, one of the best paying nights of the whole tour. Like that's so sick. Thank you, Cordelin. I will come back with some project at some time to the Castle House. In the future. Oh my god, that's so sick though. Yeah, we're talking big Nick. Moments, yeah, we're big so Nick moments. Hit so me with your big Nick moment. My big Nick moment was um, I was so we played the show with Slide to Prevail when I was in my band, mm -hmm. and um, it was like one of the best shows we ever played. Fucking amazing show. I mean, Alex yeah. was Alex was super sweet. I met him and I talked to him. He was really nice to us. And um, my fr I brought my friend with me, um, and she was like throwing down super hard but she's like really short and mm -hmm. really light and tiny so she got she got whomped really hard in the head mm -hmm. and so she like walked out of the venue and so i walked out with her to make sure she was all good yeah. and she was like yeah i'm fine but like can you try to get this to alex to see if he if he signed it or something mm -hmm. it was like a picture she painted for him or something mm -hmm. so like yeah sure i got you and as i'm like getting up to go with her with her picture i see the back door of the of alco kick open like the one that's on like, the weird corner mm -hmm. and i see kick open and I see Big Nick walk out with a dude, and he's holding a dude by the fucking belt and the collar, and he just throws him cartoon style, like out the door. He's like, "Fucking stay out!" Slam and he like, slams the door. And I was just like, "Sounds about right." <laughs> I was man. like, "God damn, man!" Man, everybody in the Seattle scene knows Big Nick. Everybody. If you don't, you're not a true Seattle scene member. <laughs> like, even though there's not membership, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like if you know, you know. Kind of if thing. you know, you know. I love you, Big Nick. We fucking Always. love you, man. But oh like, I remember being like 16. I was at some like 2014, 2015 metalcore show. Like it was, it was just one of those good old days shows. And like, I didn't know many people. I was there with my homie Aaron, my old drummer from Prime Free. Yeah. Like we used to go to shows all the time in high school. We show up, we're hanging out. We have a couple homies that we had already made in the scene. And then like, I'm throwing down hella hard, and Big Nick. Like, you know how sometimes he'll, like, throw he, down while he'll, he's working? Yeah, he'll like, occasionally he'll be, like, throw down he'll be like, can I cover up my security shirt and, like, throw down? <laughs> he's like, yep, and he goes for it. Yeah, so Big Nick, uh, he started throwing down behind me, and I didn't realize. Oh, he no. back swung, gave me a concussion. I don't think he knows that. But, yeah, you gave me a concussion. <laughs> this is the first time I'd ever encountered this man. He gives me a concussion. And then he picks me up and he goes, you good little homie? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, you're going up. And yeah, like you said, he grabbed me by the belt and the collar, throws me up on top of the crowd. That's the first time I ever concert. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that, that like, sounds like big like, thing. This is right after I got a concussion. So I'm dazed as fuck. I'm like, I don't know where I am. Like all my shit's like falling out of my pockets. And I come back oh, around and he's like, he's like, sorry for hitting you. And I was like, no, nah, it's all good. And he's like, I like you. I was like, all right, you're cool, too. He's like, I'll keep you safe. And I was like, cool, man. And that's how our friendship started. Hell yeah. What a G. What a G. I think I remember um, what my friend Kyle, he went to, a, I was telling him, like, he went, moved to Colorado and came back. And before he moved to Colorado, I wasn't really, like, in the music scene yet because I hadn't been mm -hmm. in a band. And I wasn't able to go to shows because I was, like, really, really broke mm -hmm. and trying to move out. So, like, 
I remember I, I started going to shows and I got into a band and everything else happened. I made a bunch of friends. And so when he came back, I was like, oh, do you know this guy at Big Nick? Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite people I've met in the music scene. He's like, I was like, he works for Elko. He works security. Mm-hmm. He's like, big, uh, big dude usually wears a, a bandana. He's like really fucking tall, really yeah. quiet. And he was like, yeah, that dude saved my life at one point in the fucking <laughs> show. I was like, oh, really? And he was like, yeah, I went to go see, um, what, what's your, oh, God, uh, Gerard Way's wife's band. I forget what, MSI, MSI. Yeah. He's like, I went to go see MSI. And like I got I, I got like pushed over and then like started getting trampled and he just like walked over and just like yeah he just puts me you up puts you down he just puts me back down and goes like and then walks back over yeah. to the pole and I was like yeah that sounds like him that's why Elko has the best security true true <laughs> all those dudes and yeah, they're, they're all super nice they're all Bro, super nice there was a time right before COVID like really kicked in like terror came through oh yeah and like. I hadn't stage dived in a minute. I hadn't been to a show in a minute. And I was like, you know what? I've never seen Terror. I'm going to go to the show. I know that people love to stage dive in Terror. I'm oh, just going to yeah. stage dive all night long. I got in like 30 or 40 throughout the whole like, oh my God, yeah. throughout the whole night probably. But during Terror, I was just going off, going off, going off. And you know how sometimes they'll like section off part of the floor for like gear for the bands? Yeah. So I go to stage dive and I like the lights are flashing going everywhere and I jump. I didn't realize I dived right into that little pit that they sectioned off. And Clay... Like, you know, Clay, oh, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. the orange hair. Yeah, that dude. He grabs, like, he tries to grab my leg to stop me, but I had, like, a tiny-ass rip in my pants. And his finger goes right into it and, like, rips it all the way down <laughs> my leg. And then he, like, but he still caught me. And, like, I'm just, like, leaning over this, like, railing. And he's just, like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And I, like, <laughs> leaned back over the railing and kept staging. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Time, man. That's yeah. so good. I saw Terror once. I think they, they were on tour with Noctis a couple years ago on Jesus Peace. I remember, yeah, all I remember about, about Terror's set was that, like, literally everybody stage dive. Mm. I did think so. I was like, I'm a, I'm a little heavy and tall, but mm. I was, so I was like, I don't want to crush anyone. But, like, I, I just remember watching, like, everybody stage dive, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is this is lit. <laughs> the only big memory I have of that is I was hanging out with, uh, when they were still in Nas Pillars, I was hanging out with, like, Eli and James mm. and um, I think I think Boomer and Casey as well. Yeah. And uh, with Kevin. And we're all like kind of standing in the back of the floor of Elko. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jesus Peace was playing and I was, and I was we were just kind of watching. They're so fucking good. They're so Never heavy. Oh my God. They're so hype. <laughs> and um, I remember just this guy jumps like over the wall of the pit, like three or four rows of people back and just starts hitting James. <laughs> like it just starts crowd killing James. And I'm like, me and Kevin are standing like next to James. And we're just like, oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> He just like immediately like, dive out of the way like ah, oh my god dude <laughs> comes back down and then like we're just kind of it was like the last song of their set so Jesus Peace ends we, we look at James and James is like I'm gonna go get a whiskey double <laughs> he, just walks into the, he just walks into the fucking into there and I think Year of the Knife went up next yeah. that was a really good show Bro, Year of the Knife is so good Jesus Peace is one of the bands that's like on my list like I still have like a lengthy list of hardcore bands that I haven't seen because I didn't get into the scene until I like I didn't even get into heavy music until I was like sixteen. Yeah. Like I was born and raised Christian. Like oh, I, dude, was, I, feel like I was raised on Weird Al Yankovic, Spirit One O Five Three, Christian Seattle oh, Radio. Yeah, yeah. And like a bunch of other stuff. Like I went through like a Christian What's rap with- phase. Oh dude, same. <laughs> dude, I, Toby Mac was my yeah, shit. Toby Mac, bro. <laughs> There was this one guy named Lecrae that I used to listen to all the time. Nice. I don't know if you know. Him, I don't. Like, I don't know that one. I, I was remember. In like, I was in like third grade, like bumping Lecrae. He's like <laughs> preaching about God, and I'm like, this is hard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that about Toby Mac. I remember I listened to a Cutlass and yeah. um, I think fuck Switchfoot. I think Switchfoot. Yeah, yeah. like all that kind of crush shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
I remember uh, also because I, I started listening to like um I started listening to I because I like Cutlass. But I was like I only like the songs they scream in it because mm-hmm. I was like sixth grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like I remember I found Under Oath and they're like we're a Christian metal band. And I yep. was like fuck yes my <laughs> my dad's not gonna hate me for listening to this fuck and then and then when I um. I started listening to it, and then my dad was like, bro, you can listen to whatever you want. I don't care. You don't have to listen to Christian music. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got into everything else. Because my dad's, my dad's a punk from, like, the yeah. 80s. So he's like, you don't, I don't care. Just listen. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. There you go. My mom was happy that they were Christian. Yeah. But, um, it's always a plus. Gotta make mom happy. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember I, I bought, um, I bought Amer- uh, America, or what was it? Um, I, I, it was the album, American Idiot by, by Green Day. Yeah. And my mom was like, did not approve. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, see that E? It means explicit. And I'm like, yeah, mom, they say fuck in the song. Who cares? I'm in fucking seventh grade, my guy. I get called <laughs> worse every day of my life. <laughs> oh, man. I remember when I came home. Like, I remember when I when I learned the hack. Going to the public library. Oh, yeah. Renting the CDs and ripping them to my computer. Yeah. I remember when I came home with Whitechapel and the Black Dahlia Murder. Ooh. I was running those on my CD player, like, every day after school. And, like, I remember when my dad, like, knocked on my door. He's like, I can hear what he's saying. And I was like, okay. And I just turned it down a little bit. Kept listening to it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's so good. Good old days. Dude, yeah. Uh, what? There's so many metal metal people, especially in the music scene, that were Christian. Because, yeah. like, I, I've, been, I've been hanging out a lot with, uh, with Ray Budworth. Mm-hmm. We've been, we, we, played, we streamed last night. We played uh, D- uh, Left 4 Dead and uh, GTFO. That yeah. was really fun. But uh, he he grew up Christian too. Yeah. I grew up Christian. You grew up Christian. Like I, there's so many people I know from this music scene who's like, yeah, I grew up Christian. Spirit one hundred five three, bro. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm just like, fuck. What is it about Christian people who just turn straight to heavy Dude, music? Honestly, I think it's like, especially depending on like how extreme mm-hmm. you were like into your religion. Like, cause I was like born and raised. Like the day yeah. I could go to church, like the first Sunday that I was able to leave the house after being born, like I was Same. at church. Like. So, like, it's going from, like, one extreme to another extreme. Yeah. And you know it's, what, like, yeah. the antithesis. Yeah. You know like, what, you're right. To the public eye. Yeah. You like, know what, yeah, that's, you're, you're probably right about even, that. Even yeah. though, like, at the base, like, and it's the same with, like, religions as well. Like, all across the board, like, at the base of any, like, group, there's, like, generally the same, like, good morals. Like, yeah. That we all hold to. But, like, I don't know. Christianity is just dumb. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Our I feel course that. better. Our course is better, man. Like, I don't Our know course, my place. Listen, man. I, I I sit down there at night and I pray and I pray the fucking um. I pray the integrity. That's there all I do. Go. That's all I gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> I pray for good graces from integrity. All I'm saying is I lay my head down on my pillow and it's like T U I till I die. <laughs> <laughs> dude, can we talk? Also, I, I, uh, can we talk about that new Every Time I Die? By the way, oh dude, dude, fucking oh. A Wall and the other the other two that they released. Yeah. 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 Oh man. my god. They're on album number nine. Oh my god, they're still coming, kicking, dude. Yeah. Oh man. The fact, like, so, I've got, I've got a tattoo for every time I die. I love them. Great band. Like the fact that they're like, they've been around as long as I've been alive, and I didn't find out about them until I was like almost twenty. Oh god, like, yeah. Fucking wild. And then I just went through all of their discography and was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm wearing every time I die right now. Yeah. Know? Like, dude. Fucking. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Were they your first like heavy band that you found on your own? Oh, no, no, no. Like, um, the first <laughs> first heavy band that I, like, started listening to on my own that wasn't a Christian heavy band was Black Veil Brides. Oh, okay, yeah, like, I feel I that. I started off at the 
bottom of I, the I feel that. Bro. I did too. <laughs> so the first band that I found that on my own uh, was uh, Census Fail. Okay. So I, I feel you on the post-hardcore thing. Yeah. I like, went through post-hardcore, like, the, I went through the entire cringe gauntlet. I was into mm-hmm. Black Bill Brides. I was into Sleeping with... Or not, I was a little bit into Sleeping with Sirens. I was mainly into Pierce the Veil, though, uh, the yeah. two of them. I was into, like, Under Oath, even though they were actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um I really like Chiodos. My first band was literally a Chiodos cover group. Like, we sounded exactly like Chiodos. Like, we weren't a Chiodos cover group, but we were a fucking Chiodos cover group. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're the Walmart brand Chiodos. There you go. go. I was like, I was like, I think in 10th grade. And um, it was actually with Kevin, too. That's how I met Kevin. We had had our first. Yeah, it's our first band together was was, was, uh, like a Chiodos ripoff band. And it's funny because no matter, like, no matter what band we were in, because we were in a couple bands together, he was always, like, the most put-together member of every band we were in. <laughs> except for except for maybe Scourge. It was probably him and Reggie were, like, at the same level put-together. Yeah. But, like, then it was just me and Andy, like, suffering. <laughs> <laughs> we were just both like, uh, wait up, guys. And we're like, no, we're actually good at music. And we're just like, no, please. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Dude, you know what I found? I, mm-hmm. I found my old mic that I used to use for shows recently. Oh, dude, I still have mine. It's up in the couple of boys' practice room. Right oh, now. nice. Yeah. Uh, dude, I found it and I was like, fuck, I remember so many good shows of this. I remember I threw this a couple times. Mm. Fuck, it still works. <laughs> Bro, I've taken so many precautions not to, like, dent the little screen on that oh, mic. Because, like, I've had that thing. So, I got that from a girl that I dated when I oh, was, really? like, in junior year. Terrible relationship. Yeah. That was the best thing to come out of it was that $75 mic. Oh, fuck <laughs> but, yeah. like, man, that thing, like, like, I got that mic and I started my band crying free well me and aaron started it and then we got kevin and carl but like yeah man i've had that mic for years now holy shit since since middle of high school so many memories so many memories travel across the country with me oh that's so sick yeah i used it for every show on tour i was like no i'm not using venue especially on tour yeah you don't want to get sick on tour no not only do you not want to get sick on tour you already are risking yourself getting sick Mm -hmm. just by existing on tour so like Precautions, especially any precautions if you can. go to Reno, because there's <laughs> shit on the sidewalks. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I've heard fucking, I've heard horror stories of just fucking Dude. people going on tour, like especially vocalists. Like, oh, oh my god, if you, like, I remember I played a couple shows sick. Dude, playing sick as a vocalist, it's like, I don't know how touring vocalists mm. can recover the next day and do it again. Like that shit's insane. See, I was lucky. Like, like the tour that we did, like it was two weeks. It was, it was pretty quick. Like. Still a good amount of time to like yeah. be on the road, but like it was quick for especially for your first like for, for your first like yeah. time really going far outside mm-hmm. your home state. That's good shit. Yeah, like it was a good amount of time, but like, dude, I'm lucky I didn't get sick that whole time. And honestly, I attribute it to being in a weed coma for the entire <laughs> fucking tour. That's like, fair. When we left for that tour, like, because you like when you go to a pot shop, you can buy an ounce in a day. Yeah. So for like the whole week leading up to that, like I had saved up like. $700 just to spend oh, on weed for the whole tour. Yeah. I was like, we're going to be going places where I don't know if I'm going to be able to find a shop easily or anything. Yeah. And I'm like, we're yeah, just going to have a great time. I was young. I was, I was just turned 21. Oh, I was yeah. like, I can buy this shit. Like smoking blunts the whole tour, bro. We went on <laughs> tour when we left. I think we had like 10 ounces in the van. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Between like dabs, weed, Everything. Dude, especially like, going on tour with like all the prime free boys and like Delaware and shit, you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. bring that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were literally it was like wake up, smoke a blunt, then we'd go to Denny's, 
eat breakfast, and then we go back to the bus, roll another blunt, smoke it in the bus on the way to the next venue, then we get to the venue, and we smoke another blunt. That is the most tour shit I've ever heard, too. It was ridiculous, man. The amount of just, like, rappers of, like, cigarillos that were in our bus was just everywhere. Oh, yeah, zigzags and shit. Yeah. Yeah. We were smoking Dutches. Dutches are the best blunt rap. (laughs) Just saying, the coffee flavor. Smoke one of those in the morning with some sativa. Ooh, that's that that's nice. that seems like it would be nice. If I smoked weed, that seems like it'd yeah. be really really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I fucking gotta I remember. Educate the people. Yeah, you gotta educate, man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let them know. Like, oh god, yeah. Okay, so like going for music, like I feel like everybody has like a progression when getting into heavy music. Mm-hmm. Like I I have people who I know who went like I I literally had a friend who I mean problem back now. I mean problem back always really, but he got into Marilyn Manson. Mm. And then he went straight from Marilyn Manson to black metal. I yep. showed him so much shit in between there. Mm-hmm. Didn't latch on to any of it. I showed him one Dark Throne song. And he was like, I want that. Yeah. And I was like, all right. <laughs> That's a true black metal thing. Oh, yeah. Like, he, was like, he was like, if it doesn't sound tingy and like it was recorded down the castle hallway into a <laughs> shitty $30, $50 gamer mic, I don't fucking want it sweaty. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, so I have people like that. And there's a lot, I feel like a lot of people like me where you like just progressively get heavier and heavier yeah. until you reach like a peak and then you kind of go down into what you actually like like mm-hmm. like for me i went i went from like post hardcore all the way up to like porno grind and mm-hmm. then i went down a little bit back to grindcore and like hardcore and stuff yeah. and that's kind of where i stay now yeah. like what what was your progression like was it kind of similar or was it more just like jumping straight like i said earlier like so i started off with just like weird ass music christian music Weird Al Yankovic, that was like my base. And I attribute my love for experimental music to Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, I do too, Because honestly. that's literally like all I would listen to as a yeah. kid. Like on repeat, album after album after album. Like, but from then, like, I remember when I was 10, I got an MP3 player from my grandparents because we had gotten our car stolen recently and my MP3 player was in there. And my mm-hmm. grandparents were like, here you guys go. Like, nice. Have new stuff. Like, replace the stuff you got stolen. I was like, cool. My dad took it while I was sleeping and put a bunch of music on it. He put, like, Metallica. Oh, He nice. put Linkin Park. He put um, the Metallica S&M album. It's a live album where they play mm-hmm. with the San Francisco Symphony. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. just recently did a second iteration of that, which I haven't listened to yet. But that first one they did, yeah, awesome. And I already loved, like, orchestral music. Yeah. Because, like, later on, like, I went on to play trumpet. I played trumpet for seven years. Oh, okay, so I, like, yeah. Did marching band, did orchestral band. God, you're a shit. ska band's wet dream. Holy yeah, shit. exactly. Bro. But like, <laughs> what you doing playing Hartford? You're getting big bucks. <laughs> ska punk billionaire. It's like... Yeah. But like, so from from that, I went on like, and I started getting into like a little bit of Metallica. I'm not a huge Metallica fan, but like, props to them for what they did. Oh yeah. But like, uh, I I definitely leaned more towards like Linkin Park once my dad started showing me that shit, and so then I like latched onto like a new metal sound and like i was still listening to like skillet at that point mm-hmm. then like fast forward to high school i'm a freshman i start playing in band and i start doing marching band i met a bunch of friends that were like into heavier music and oh, like yeah. all like the scene kids and this is like i think this was like 2014 so like scene was still like a lot oh, yeah. in high school people oh, still yeah. had the hair people still were doing like crazy makeup and piercings and all that kind of shit it was awesome and then one of my friends, her name was Angelique, beautiful woman. I will love her till the day I die. But um, <laughs> she just goes, you should listen to Black Veil Brides. And then the next day, like I, like that night I went home, listened to them. Next day came back and like, I was like, you know what? Black Veil Brides, they have cool music. But like, I got to say like Andy Beersack's eyes are just like piercing. And then we bonded over that. Oh, she's like, yeah. Andy Beersack is a beautiful man. We were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From then on though, like 
I I went from Black Veil Brides and then I found Whitechapel. Yeah. Once that's... I found Whitechapel, I started I found their uh, self-titled first and then I found the somatic defilement. Oh, and yeah, that yeah. is when I decided that I want wanted to do vocals. Like yeah. I was like I heard the intro to the first thing, the intro with the Jeffrey Dahmer quote, like all distorted oh, and shit. Yeah. And then it comes in. Phil Bozeman just does like a like a fucking like five, six bar scream like Holy two or three shit. times within like the first minute of the song. Holy and shit. I heard that and I was like, that's what I want to do. So I started listening to a bunch of like Whitechapel, like Suicide Silence. I was really into Carnifex for a little bit, not so much anymore. But like I got really into like Deathcore. Same. And then from Deathcore, I went on like, so that was freshman year. Then sophomore year in high school, I met my buddy Aaron. Um, and then he was like, like I was still listening to Black Veil Brides pretty heavily at that point and like i was like yo like what kind of music do you like i like black veil brides he goes black veil brides is shit you should listen to ice nine kills <laughs> and i was like okay i thought he said ice man kills oh okay so for like a week like i still didn't know aaron so for like a week i was like trying to find ice man kills <laughs> couldn't find it anywhere i was like damn then me and aaron finally hung out again like just by happenstance and i was like you said ice man kills he's like no ice nine kills dumbass so i was like okay went home listen to that and that's when I got into metalcore. Yeah. Because, like, I came in to Ice Nine Kills' career. I don't know how much you know about them. I know some, yeah. But they have an album called Safe is Just a Shadow. Mm-hmm. And that album, me and Aaron, like, that was our inspiration to start, like, a band. Like, we were both listening to that album heavily, like, all the time. And then they put out, uh, Ice Nine Kills put out their Predator EP with a bunch of bangers on it. And, like, yeah. Um, but I so I, I started, like, descending into more metalcore. Yeah. Got really into Mice and Men for a little bit. I feel that. Um, and then, like, it just, like, opened up. Because Aaron was like, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Aaron Moriarty is one of my greatest friends and has been for, like, seven or eight years. Probably, I think, seven years. That man has showed me more music than anybody i ever known. And thank you, Aaron. Yeah. That's all I got to say to that. But Love that. Anyway. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. No. I, I got into everything. And he would always tell me, like, listen to this band. I'd be like, no, I'm not going to listen to that band. And then, like, a year later, I'd yeah, be on yeah. that band. Like, and he was like, I told you so. Every time. <laughs> every time. And this is with, like, hundreds upon hundreds of bands. He's just like, I feel told that. you so. Told you so. And there's still, to this day, bands that I will not listen to. Just out of spite. <laughs> out of spite entirely. Especially Dude. spite. I'm not actually a huge spite fan. Really? No. That's the band that, like, really got me to, like like hardcore actually because okay. because like they're like the mixed because I, I was a deathcore kid too mm-hmm. i heard suicide silence um um I heard, I heard no pity for a coward and i heard the the second yeah. breakdown that i was like i yep. want to do that i want to mm-hmm. do that really bad mm-hmm. so like uh a little, little, little fun fact about me is i used to um i used to sneak out of my house a lot when i was when i was a teenager yep. and then that eventually led to me kind of being being like all off almost but like mm-hmm. um when i would sneak out i would just walk because it's kirkland so like nobody's fucking awake it's like fucking graveyard past 10 p.m yeah. so everyone anyone who lives in kirkland by the way is either a troubled teenager a fucking rich businessman or old white ass people so like nobody's up in the middle of the night no one's up so i'm like i'm like walking around kirkland in the middle of the night just going like trying to emulate Mitch like with all my heart like little 15 year old heart trying to emulate Mitch to the best of my abilities and like oh god that's so cringe but like it's what happens how I learned how to do vocals because I was like not confident enough to do it at home Mm -hmm. I didn't have a car and so I was just like anytime I was walking around and there was nobody else around I was just trying my hardest to like emulate Mitch with all my fucking heart and um and like and so that's how I got into uh, wanting to do vocals was Mm -hmm. that 
Um, I, I feel you on the music thing. I have a, I have a friend named Corwin. He goes by Corwin online. Give him some love. And Corbo on YouTube. Um, he does some really good videos, video essay stuff. Listen um, to this guy. He's got, he's got good friends. I do. Um, and he, he was like, he was that, he was like that for me before the uh, experimental music. Mm -hmm. He told me to get into death grips yeah. when I was in like ninth grade. Mm -hmm. I think I was like 2015. Mm -hmm. It was before Jenny death came out mm -hmm. and he was like, bro, you got You got to get into death grips. You got to get into death grips. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, like ah no fuck you 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 no no fuck you I like metal core when and like and then, and then he and then like a year later uh, yeah probably like a year or two later or maybe this was tenth grade I don't remember but um like sometime in high school and like a year later I remember he like Jenny Death came out and he was like he, and we were just hanging out that day and Jenny Death came out, I was like okay I have to listen to this uh, this album so like you know just hang out with me while I listen to this album I was like all right cool. So I'm sitting in this room and I'm listening to Jenny Death and this is the first Death Grips I've ever heard in my life and I was just like, this is fucking amazing. This is the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. What the yeah. fuck is it? It's like, is that the one band I told you to check out? You're too pussy to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's the first like experimental music I really heard aside from mm -hmm. like, I think, I think probably like, no, I think that's like the first really experimental music I ever really heard besides like, you know, kind of weirdo, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I had a very, like, slow ease into experimental music. Like, um, like other than the Weird Al Yankee thing, I didn't even know that Weird Al was experimental because I yeah. thought that Weird Al, like, was, like, the standard for music. Yeah. Day. But, like, um, no, I started listening to Every Time I Die, and they've got a lot of, like, little wavy parts. Yeah. Like, um, Indian Giver, Revival Mode. Like, they've got a bunch of, like, really, like, like really transcendent, open, weird. trancey like, kind of sections, like, yeah. somewhat experimental for, like, a metalcore band, yeah. like, hardcore band. Yeah. Like, yeah. They've got some experimental shit. So, like, I started, like, really getting into that style. And then I was like, wait, there's, like, a whole entire fucking world of, like, this. And then, like, that's when I fell down to, like, 90s hardcore. Oh, God, I'm yeah. still in. Like, I'm still diving down there. There's so much, like, weird experimental shit. There's this band called Candiria. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. They've got some like interesting, interesting metalcore. It's like it's like it's, it's like really like chuggy and rhythmic, like kind of Lamb of Gody mm -hmm. without the riffage. Okay, yeah, yeah. But like then there's they'll also toss in like horn sections. Oh really? And like weird like just like warping like percussion and shit. Like highly recommend. Hell yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not, that yeah. sounds amazing. Experimental music is weird. Also on on the note of Death Grips. I'm not a huge fan of Death Grip personally. I like like Stockton, and I've seen footage and a couple of their more basic songs, but like I respect them because I mean, yeah. honestly, they have some songs that are more metal than like most they do. Today, like yeah, in the, like, generic scene. Give, yeah. Giving bad people good ideas is literally they literally rap over a blast beat. I don't know how the fuck <laughs> he does that, but they literally rap over like a black metal blast beat. It's it's, it's, it's MC Ride. It's MC Ride. <laughs> do whatever the fuck he wants. Like and then Zach Hill's just like yeah, dude, his fucking his fucking ride symbol is like a flattened wash washing machine. Like who the fuck does that? Zach Hill. That's who. God damn it! Like, fuck, dude. Like, and that's the thing. especially being in the band with Kevin. I can't imagine you would have, you could be in a band with like with Kevin with Kevin Galler and Kevin not and, like, and not yeah like, Kevin and Carl and not at least respect Death Grips. Dude, like, I respect Death Grips because yes, they are some of the strangest and yeah. weirdest music like and musicians that I've ever heard. Like, they put out some weird shit. Oh yeah, like hands down. It's like straight, just like meth and mushroom music. Like, <laughs> it really is. Like that's basically what the vibe is when you hear Death Grips. But, yeah. Like, I don't know, man. 
Like I respect them, but it's just not my flavor. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Yeah. Like I, I think I think everybody needs to hear Death Grips, but not everybody needs to like Death Grips because yeah. no one's gonna. Not everyone. You shouldn't like Death, like Death Grips, even if you like Death. Grips. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those. <laughs> you should listen to Death Grips if you want to hurt. Yeah, and if you want bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about Hundred Gex. I'm like every because like I've been. I've been really on the hyper pop wave mm-hmm. a lot because I, I think there's it's some of the more experimental music that's coming out mm-hmm. of like modern uh, modern music lately. Yeah. And like not only that, but like I really love just how they're willing to put pop push pop to like its parody levels of yeah. extremes. And like it's so every time I show someone a hundred gex, I'm like, you need to hear this. You're not going to like this, and that's okay. <laughs> but you need to hear it. <laughs> you just well, need to. And then they're and they're like, okay. And then I'm, and then I play it, and they're like. I like some of it, and I'm like, I'm like, that's an improvement. See, we can work with this. We can work with this. Because <laughs> they're, they're just, they're so fucking weird. It's like, yeah. okay, take nightcore vocals, take super autotune vocals, and take the most crushing bass you've ever heard of your fucking life, and then just take a little sprinkle of noise music techniques, and then yeah. you have that. You have 100 X. Right, well, I'm gonna be honest and say that I have not listened to 100 Gex. So you're, you're gonna let to show me. Yeah, that. I'm, I'm gonna show you. Okay. I'm gonna show you. See, this, this, <laughs> this is how a music friendship should work. It should be like, oh, you haven't heard that. Okay, you're listening to it. Not, do you want to? It's you're yeah, going. You're to going listen to, to listen. This is this. this is a good example of how you should like conduct yourself when it comes to presenting music. Yeah. People just be like, here, don't say, do you want? Say, you're getting. Yeah, you're gonna get this yeah. because because like I, I I do this a lot when people are like. You should, you should listen to this band. I'm like, okay. And then I just forget or I don't. Yeah. And then, especially if they say, do you want to? I'm like, I'm going to be like, no, because I, I listen to something I, I, I know because yeah. I'm me. A lot, of, a lot of music lovers have anxiety. I mean, that's why we love music so much. Exactly. And so it's just like it's trying. Question. Yeah, exactly. And like, so trying new things sometimes is like, mm, no, but if you're just like, no, you're going to get this. It's like, okay. Yeah. And then you find something you love. So, mm-hmm. or you find something you don't like, but at least you can cross it off your list. Exactly. It's like, yep, I know I don't like this one. So I'll go this way. It's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a good jump off point. The amount of subgenres that you can explore. Oh god, yeah, dude. That's why. That's why. Like, I keep doing like fifteen to twenty minute long like video essays on obscure ass genres, mm-hmm. and I keep being like, I keep kicking myself for taking like two months to do a video because I have to do so much research into a genre that barely exists. Yeah, like I did. I did a whole video on harsh wall noise, mm-hmm. and that was a fucking time to like. It's out of to, my. It's out of my frame. I don't know what you're dude, talking about. Harsh wall noise. Okay, you hear you hear white noise, and then you yeah. turn the gain up, and that's what harsh wall noise is. It's okay. literally just like it's literally musicians just patching synth stuff to be white noise, but like <laughs> bass boosted. It's it's insane. There's actually some really a musicianship in in those genres, yeah. but I mean that's the basis of it. Yeah. And so I did I did the whole last like 17 minute video explaining what noise what noise music was and mm. specifically about harsh wall noise because that's like the most extreme of that genre for the most part. Yeah. And like I did like it's so hard to fucking it's so hard yeah. <laughs> to research that shit it's like i don't even know what this is and neither do the people that are in it so like what am i even looking up exactly I'm, I'm like going through forums from like fucking 15 years ago like okay so that's the kind of thing they're talking about 15 years ago and i'm like writing it down mm. i'm like writing that stuff and i try to go back farther and see like mm. what they're talking about farther what and it's like yeah god yeah. it's such a nightmare there's like because like that that's the thing if you want a basic understanding of most subgenres you can go to wikipedia because yeah. like most subgenres are on wikipedia and most of the time they're pretty accurate cause and they'll insane. have just like a basic ass description of yeah. like what it is kind of yeah like they, they have one even for hyper pop which i wasn't expecting because it's a newer genre mm-hmm. but like but like dude for but then when you get into the weird like smaller ones and you're trying to do something like a video essay where you have to be accurate and you have to like yeah. give a whole history and kind of timeline of it mm-hmm. it's like 
I have to go to forums that have not been graced by fucking human eyes in 15 years. Yeah. And I have to go and look through these <laughs> crusty-ass hyperlinks and pray to God I don't get a virus when I click on it. <laughs> and that's what I have to do for my YouTube content. So there you go. Let's see. That's dedication. <laughs> that's why we love Tucker. That's true. I, I, I do. Fucking Kevin, Kevin, like, I shared a podcast. I think I shared the Join Us podcast. And Kevin shared it and said, yep. this man's a Joe Rogan yep. of PNW. And I was like, yep. fuck. I guess up and I coming. Am. Up and coming. That's all I'm saying. That was really nice. I was like, oh, thanks, Kevin. I'm glad to be investing in the beginning. Yeah. You gotta there get will out. be more. I will be back to do more shit Dude, like this. I want people. I want, like, that's the thing is that, like, I felt bad for Join Up's episode because they were, it was like super scuffed because it was super last minute. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I was like, dude, you guys are going to be back. It's fine. Who the yeah, fuck cares? Exactly. You, not only are you guys going to be back, but you guys are like, I'm not worried. Like, like if this was with anybody, like mo- almost anybody else from the music scene, I'd be stressed on my mind. But you're the boys. I don't yeah. really care. Like, exactly. we're going to have a good ass conversation no matter what tech issues exactly. get in the way. Who cares? Yeah. Like, that's another side note real quick. Join Ops. Yes. Go follow them. They're on SoundCloud. They have more music than you've ever released in your life. Dude, they really do. And they did it in like a year and a half. Yeah. And I lived with them and watched them make most of it. And I have some songs with them. So go check it out. Join yeah. Ops is sick, dude. They, they're, they're some of the sickest rap that's coming out of the Northwest. Because a lot of the rap out here is like kind of horrorcore rap. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's all fine and good. But when you're surrounded by it, it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to do another horrorcore rap. It's like you album. get trapped in that bubble. Exactly. The same cycle of like five different bands. Exactly. Yeah. And like I had that issue when I was like really heavy fucking with Ghostman, like 2019 mm-hmm. or 18. And I was like, I was like, God, I need to get out of this like circle of rap. And I know there's good rap being released right now. I just mm-hmm. need to go find it. And like, because Ghostman, don't get me wrong, great artist. Mm-hmm. But that's the only rap you're listening to that's being released at that point in time, especially 2019, 2020, 2018. Some good ass rap was released mm-hmm. in, those, in that time period. Yeah. And so like, I, I had to like break out of that. And so like, being yeah, a joint ops is so fucking good. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. They, they make some good ass shit. And they make a lot of it too. Mm-hmm. They, they're they out there really just producing. I, Carl's like, insane, dude. Like I said, I, I lived in a house with them for a year. We were, did you ever swing through that house? I don't think I did. In Tacoma? I don't think I did. I was living, I was living with Kevin and Carl because we were doing Prime Free at the time. But mm-hmm. also they had a whole like studio set up in the garage where they did joint ops shit. Like they built like a box and soundproofed oh, it into the garage. Like, oh, that's awesome. Like, and they were always, always in the studio out in the garage, like always cooking, making something. Carl was either making a beat or Ricky was like rapping a verse or something, freestyling, like always doing shit. They're some of the hardest working musicians that you don't know about. And true, like you got to support them. They're, They're my so boys. Good. Like if you like chill rap, it's also like got lo-fi elements, mm-hmm. but also got like weird ass experimental elements and sometimes just like, ah, like, yeah. <laughs> Join ops. Yeah, they 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 are some of the most hardworking and most okay to break boundaries yep. musicians. I, I don't know a better way of saying that. Like most, they're they're so okay just to go outside the realm. Mm-hmm. Their their little like bubble of like genre or whatever. Yeah. Like that's why I love them. That's yeah. why I like Prime Free a lot too. You guys you guys really did some interesting experimental shit, and all of that wasn't even intentional. Like there's 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 a lot of people that like. Are like, oh, we're gonna make experimental music. It's like experimental music doesn't come from like the desire to make experimental music. It, it comes from making music as it comes. Yeah. It comes from just like getting in a room being like, you're gonna play something, I'm gonna play something, this guy's gonna play something, I'll probably put something on vocals in a second, like and you just let it form. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people out there don't like Deftones. Shay. Um but <laughs> 
<laughs> like one of my favorite things that I heard in an interview, uh, their drummer, Abe Cunningham, they were talking and the interviewer goes like, what is your creative process? And he's like, oh, we all just play something and tell each other to fuck off when they tell us what to do. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's how you should That's how it should music. be. Whether you like Deftones or not, they're one of the greatest, most experimental bands of the 90s. I agree. They're, yeah. they're really fucking good. Yeah. That's kind of how we made stuff for Scourge, too. We would, we would like, sit down, because, like, we're, like, we wanted to mix a bunch of, like, metal subgenres and come out with something that's, like, a, a hardcore offshoot. Yeah. So, like, we mixed, like, like thaw with like deathcore oh, with remember. hardcore and shit and we were just like this is kind of what we want and then like reggie would just sit down <laughs> and he would just be like <laughs> and then just be like <laughs> and then just fucking like do some whack shit we'd be like that play more of that play more of that it's like all right gent god do your thing yeah right basically we were like kept I remember one time we walked in, Kevin was like, I think maybe like, not even five minutes late, because he was always fucking on time, but like, mm-hmm. he was like, maybe like, we got there like maybe early or something, and they let us into our practice space early, and we walked in, and Reggie started like, had gotten set up, and like, he was just playing something, and we we're like, oh, we should make a joke, we should play a joke on Kevin, and be like, hey, Kevin, what do you think about playing a song in like, in, uh, in 5-8 or something? Like, just ma- just making some meme about some weird time signature, because like, he would play it, because it's Kevin. No. But he would fucking hate us for making a play it. <laughs> and so we'd always like joke around about like about like, oh we wrote a song, it's it it's in like nine sixteens and he's like, You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then um we, he walks in and he's like tired as fuck, had like a shitty day at work. And we're just like, Okay, what do you think we'll play play a song in five eights? And he just picks up his bass drum and walks <laughs> the fuck out of the practice room. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's just that that's how experimental music comes around. It's like mm. God, I forgot who said it. I I, I think I forgot who said it, but somebody somebody said I saw a quote, and uh, ground and uh, uh, Juan from Groundfeeder told me this. It was like the way we, or no, I think it was Santos actually who told me this. But like the way we get our sound is by all of us sitting in the room together, and that's the only way we can get our sound. Yeah, is like you, you can't even. That's what like how people are like, man, they only replace the basses. How is their sound different? Mm-hmm. It's like well, because it's not the same guys anymore. Because mm-hmm. it's not the same charisma between all all yeah. like five or six or whatever of them. It's now they have a new member in the mix, mm-hmm. and so now the 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 tone, and the charisma, and what they're gonna want to make is different because they want to stay in the pocket of their own members. In like case in point, again, Deftones. Yeah, when exactly. Fucking Chi Chang died. Yeah, like, exactly. They they replaced him with Sergio Vega, and like Sergio Vega holds it down. Yeah, but like also Deftones was on like a lighter path when it came to like writing, but like still like I feel like he's one of the bassists that's done the most justice to a deceased bassist. I agree. Yeah. Not only, not only that, but also the Gore album is still one of my mm-hmm. favorite albums they ever released, honestly. That's and that came out right. recent that came out somewhat recently too. <laughs> was, like I believe that was two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Like yeah. like I was surprised that I liked that album as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like I was like, oh it's Deftones. They haven't they haven't released anything like super good. Like they released a lot of pretty good or okay stuff. Mm-hmm. But like they haven't released anything super good in a while and I listened I listened to it and I was like Wow, this is fucking amazing! Dude, it's a phenomenal album. I didn't like Gore for a solid while. I've I've I didn't get into Deftones. Not gonna lie, until like eight months ago. Okay, yeah, like that's fair. Beginning of the year, but like they got me through COVID. Man. Oh like, yeah, I literally like literally maybe three days ago, I did an entire discography run. Just oh, like dude, started yeah. with Adrenaline, ended with Ohms, and it's like. Just gotta do that. Sometimes. Yeah, I do, I do that occasionally for Census Fell. I listen to their whole discography, and they have like fucking nine, ten albums at this mm-hmm. point. And it's like, my by the way, if you want to get into Census Fail, my favorite album by Census Fail is the, is Renacer. 
Renaissance is one of their best albums ever. It's a concept album about overcoming uh, addiction and hardship and stuff. And um, it, Buddy explain Buddy like wraps the whole thing in a metaphor of an adventuring party kind of thing, okay. and it's so beautiful. Such a beautiful album. And there's one song almost entirely in Spanish, oh, nice. <laughs> and he does a pretty good job with it. Apparently, so, I don't yeah. know. I don't speak Spanish, <laughs> but I've read online from people who speak Spanish that he does a great job. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they have they have like a whole music video where they're trying to impress, um, trying to impress. I think, God, who was it? Avril Lavigne or something? Someone, <laughs> some pop star. They're trying to get like win the heart of some pop star, and they have a drag queen come in and like teach them how to like dance and stuff, and like how they cook. And it's it's beautiful. It's That's amazing. Awesome. One of their best music videos. I love them. But like, I think the reason I, I, I think I wanted to ask like I'm gonna answer this first because I have it in my head. and I'm gonna mm. forget. But um, like, what made you love like your favorite band as much as as much as you oh. do? Which I think is a hard question, but I think it's a good question to like, talk about. Steps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, the reason why I love Census Fail so much, because it doesn't necessarily, I guess, have to be your favorite band, because I, I don't know if that Census Fail is my favorite band, but they're definitely my, my first of, band. One of the top. Yeah, one of the top for me. Yeah. And um, for, for me, the reason why I love Census Fail is because they every, like, two or three albums, they, like, redesigned their sound into yep. something new. Yep. Like, they were post-hardcore when they, post-hardcore emo, exactly. <laughs> they were post-hardcore emo when they started, and then they went to, like, metalcore, hardcore, and then mm -hmm. they went to, like, pop, now they're in, like, a pop-punk mm -hmm. area right now. Their last album was, like, super pop-punky, and it was really good, and I really liked it, which is hard, because, like, I'm not a huge pop-punk fan, mm -hmm. so, like, that was really, it was really cool for me, but that's why I love them so much, is because they, like, redesigned their sound every couple albums yeah. to be something new and interesting. And for, they're confident like, about it. Yeah, exactly, and they're confident, and they're willing to, like, try it, mm -hmm. and that, that's why I love it. I love them so much. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I mean, like, it, it like it, it varies band to band because like the like I don't believe in having like I don't believe in having like one best friend one favorite I, band, I agree. one favorite food like there's multiple there's favorites multiple. there's multiple best friends there's multiple yeah of, I agree of the best like but like when it comes it's, it's just like it's a toss up between like every time I die fucking Deftones and like Ice Nine Kills Turnstile like like oh Turnstile so good all of those bands. Some of them aren't too drastically different in the way they sound, but like, like, like you say, they drive their sound forward. Like every time I die, they like you, like we were just saying earlier, they progress their sound. Yeah. Like they started out as like classic '90s metalcore sound. Yeah. And moved all the way up to like a modernized like it's like got like a southern feel to it. Yeah. Like, kind of Pantera y, like, and like, just like got this weird vibe to it, but like they do it and they yeah. do it confidently turnstile they started out as a straight up like east coast hardcore band yeah and now they're like an experimental band i but, love them dude turnstile's time, great time and space was oh. like a testament to like a progression of sound chef's I kiss i wasn't too much of a fan of like the share of you remixes they did that's fair but that's also just because i don't really like i'm like, not a huge fan of electronic music or remixes yeah. or like most rap i'm not a huge fan of but like fucking they're they're still willing to do that yeah and they're willing to do it with confidence when they come from such like a, a heavy background in yeah. their in their scene and yeah. in their history like it's it's, it's cool to see goes. like the actual desire to like make something new like yeah and progress like yeah because not mo most bands won't do that most mm -hmm. bands won't risk that like such a like such a harsh sound change mm -hmm. like when census fail moved from being a post-hardcore band to being a fucking just straight like metalcore hardcore band that was a Big change. That's a yeah. big change for them. Yeah. That that alienates a lot of their audience and yeah. a lot of their like, 
a lot of their like mainstream ability and stuff. Like that that is a that's a big change. Mm-hmm. And like they did it really fucking well and really classily. Mm-hmm. And like that that's why I even even if I don't like a sound, if if it's a different sound than what the band last put out, I will at least give respect for that shit. Yeah. Because that's a that's a hard thing to be able to do as a as a musician. Yeah. Because you're you you're stuck in between wanting to keep being creative and new and wanting to make something interesting, but also being like, I need to pay rents, I need to yeah. make I need to make this listenable, I need to yeah. you know, and it's like that's why like whenever a band comes through and they're like, This is a new sound, we're doing a new thing, it's like mm-hmm. fuck, I wanna support that. Like, cause it's just, like that's so cool and interesting and ha- I'm happy that you like do something yeah. like that. Yeah. And that's the great thing about merch. True. Buy merch instead of buying into the music. Like, exactly. That's why branding a band as like a tactile thing like a business like, yeah is a good idea like, exactly like so you can have your old fans that still love you and they'll still come out to hear you play your old songs like mm-hmm. they'll still buy the new merch but maybe they don't like the new songs like yeah there's still a way for you to connect with your audience while still like holding your old fans and gaining new fans like, exactly multiple ways to do that exactly like yeah just being in a band man it's, it's such like a weird it's such a weird um mashup between like having to try to run a business and then also being mm-hmm. creative and then also mm-hmm. having like network and shit it's yeah. so it's such like a weird there's so many skills you have to learn while being in a band and it's amazing how quickly you can pick it up yeah like if you like dedicate yourself like when i was when i was in prying free like without prying free like i would have no knowledge of like music business whatsoever like i would have probably a general idea like most people do but like there's so much stuff even into going like like a diy band booking a local show oh, God, like yeah. it sometimes it can be as easy as like elko hits you with an email you email them back they say come pick up these 50 tickets try and sell at least like five of them please maybe yeah and then you go do that <laughs> or it could be like you're going to some bar that you've never heard of yeah. but your friend's band's playing it and you want to play with your friend's band and it's like then they're like, oh, wait, the time is getting moved to this time. So oh, you got to be here yeah. later or you got to be here earlier. It's oh. like, oh, we're sharing a backline. Oh, wait, you already brought all your gear. Oh, no. Now you're in a sketchy place with your car. Like you might get broken into. There's so many different like even even beyond like business, like things that you got to learn about, like securing your gear, securing like your people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because that's the especially, most valuable part of the you, band, honestly. Especially like, especially playing in some of those sketchy places that mm-hmm. you end up playing in as a band. Oh my God, you yeah. gotta be careful sometimes. There's, like, there's there's so many different aspects of like what it goes into being specifically a DIY band, but yeah. a band in general, there's like just this big ass bubble of like so many different skills yeah. that all interconnect somehow. Dude, one of my one of the worst uh, one of the worst shows we ever played in my first band that like actually started playing shows. Mm-hmm. We it was my it was like an old we were a uh, like '90s style mellow death band and this was fucking terrible. But um, we played a lot of shows. And that's how I learned a lot of the skills that I like, yeah. have. And um, we put, we were playing at the Real Arts. I forgot with. I, I know one of the bands was Crude Goons, one of the best fucking grind bands in Washington. Mm-hmm. Fucking love those boys. Um, and but I forgot who else played. Um, it was like a it was a local like it's basically like a local grind death show. Mm-hmm. And um, we they moved us to to um, to headlining for no reason. I don't know <laughs> don't why you they love it when that. Happens? I don't know why they did that. I don't know why <laughs> they thought that would work or do anything because we basically went up with the sound guy and our friends and that was all that was in the venue still and there was only like two of our friends that we brought because 
we're all from we were all at the time living up north mm-hmm. so like we don't got any fucking friends in tacoma that still live yeah. there yeah so like we i had like three at the time and they're all like ah we working sorry you know i was like mm-hmm. yeah that's fair so like it was basically like my mom the sound guy which i think was aaron at the time yeah, and then like for? yeah yeah aaron lanfor yeah and then um and then like three other people and we just fucking played at like midnight and we're just like why are we doing this why did they move us to headline <laughs> we we're local we're not only we were a local band we won't be around for like three months what did it why and that was and we we're just after that we we're just like we're not playing headliners ever sounds again. like you got a dick promoter that wanted to let everybody else go home yeah earlier. yeah sounds like it dude i've had that happen a few times and that's all this shit i, I will fucking say hate though, it there was one time prime freeze third show ever we played with remain and sustain and crafter oh nice I don't, I don't know if you know either of those two. I know Crafter. Okay. Get into Remain and Sustain, too. Okay. Really, really good band. I believe they're from Colorado. Crafter's actually not a band anymore. Yeah, I remember seeing that. That but, makes um, me sad. I, remember, I saw them with a uh, rig time at uh, the Real yeah, Art. Oh, I thought, yeah, played that one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but um, so we were out at the Chuck, right? Mm-hmm. And Crafter and uh, Remain and Sustain come through. I can't remember who else was on the bill, but it was a really, really fun show. We were slotted to play first. And then the other band that was playing second, the other local, they, uh, oh no, it was it was going to be Prime Free, Remain Sustained, then another local, and then Crafter on the headliner. But uh, then the other band dipped, and then Remain Sustained and Crafter were like, yo, like, we got to share a back line, like, we're going to keep our stuff all on stage, we'll just open and play second, and then, like, this other band can play third. And like we're three shows into our career, and Prime <laughs> Free's just like, we're, we're headlining? Oh god, like, yeah. There was, there was maybe, like, 30 people there yeah it's still like oh, that's still horrifying so cool. it's like sometimes it works out in your favor sometimes it works out against you but like yeah, yeah. no well, i remember when when we got there and they're like you guys are gonna be headlining now no. i was at first we we're like oh my god we're headlining oh my mm-hmm. god oh my god and we were like right before we went on we realized like what that meant which was all right y'all can go home now it's the fucking yeah. locals they can yeah. do whatever and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> yeah. like some like sometimes sometimes that shit works out sometimes it doesn't but like it's still like an interesting experience because it's just lessons like like every show no matter what happens you you learn something because we play the we play the dismembering mary's um like ep release show it's actually how we met how we met reggie before we even knew him he went to that show and we just didn't know mm-hmm. but um we 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 played that show we were opening i don't know why we were on that show we did not fit that bill at all but they they asked us they were like hey you guys want to play and we're like yeah sure and then we, we yeah we're like fuck it and then we realized like we were the only one that wasn't deathcore on that whole bill and we we're just like ooh no one's gonna like us <laughs> we went up on stage and we were playing and then like halfway through our set the fucking drum monitor caught on fire just the oh. monitor next to our drummer just oh. like and we were just like <laughs> and he was like trying to get our attention but like we were in the middle of the song so i turned around while i was like screaming something and he just kept like he would like be like blasting be like like, I'm, like, I'm like you got a weird tick dude what the fuck are you doing and then I turned back around to the crowd and started screaming and then the song and I turned around and I saw like a little orange inside yeah, of the amp like, oh fuck and I was like oh and so I turned around I was like hey uh the uh drum mod is on fire <laughs> and I just heard the I just oh no mic or anything I just heard the sound guy just go like fuck and I just and then I just saw a flash and I just move move move, move. <laughs> fast walking through the entire thing. that's beautiful yeah he just pulled the drum monitor like outside yeah. and then was like well uh no drum monitor for the show <laughs> shit sucks and then just walked away and I was like yeah oopsie daisy oopsie daisy shit happens man that's why I love DIY shows though man, man. It's, shit like that can happen and like even though it sucks in the moments it's like fuck this is gonna suck dick but like 
Such a good story. Bro, that Castle House show I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. that was one of them sketchy-ass DIY. Like, it was a great show, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, it was one of those places, like, literally no joke. Like, people people will say this and be like, oh, I've been to a venue that's like da-da-da-da. Like, oh, yeah. it was shitty. But I kid you not, the setup was, the stage was maybe about as big as your desk, so it was big enough to fit the drum set barely. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, we yeah. had to extend the legs onto the floor of the basement <laughs> to, like, keep the bass on the fucking stage. Oh, my God. So Aaron's back there, tucked in the corner, and then literally, like, our amps are, like, wedged into these tiny-ass corners so that, like, there's barely any room. Like, Kevin's amp is on the stage next to Aaron behind Kevin. Carl's bass amp is, like, on the side in the back, like, and there's a fucking extension cord that's hanging from the roof right and all everything is like wired around like stretched and like moved awkwardly to like fit into the plug and then right next to like the the extension cables right here right and there's a drip of water coming down right here (laughs) and nobody's saying shit so i'm like does anybody have some duct tape and so i like duct tape the thing up again right Mm -hmm. and then i go back and i realize fuck now i gotta move the amps again so i can actually plug them in because it's too far back Fun ass show, but like the some of those, some one. of those house shows, man. That house should have caught on fire, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, house shows are just house shows can get wild, man. They also had like a wild ass PA setup in there too. Oh really? Maybe like just one big ass speaker next to like the furnace in the basement. Huh. It's it like, like the like, hive. All it was it was literally like the hive, but like a bit smaller. Oh my god, that, and like and 150 year. people came through. Like there there was there was so many people there that like. People had to like sit on the stairs to hear the bands oh playing. Oh my there was god! People like upstairs drinking while bands were playing. That's like, it was wild. Packed. It was it was like a fucking like movie scene like punk show. Oh, that like, was amazing. Show. Yeah, I dude, cause like I come from I come from the punk scene, mm-hmm. and so like, and so I I love house shows, mm-hmm. but so, like some some hardcore house shows get fucking wild, dude. Yeah. Like everyone talks about like oh I went to this one punk house show like yeah punk house shows get kind of wild sometimes. But hardcore house shows get fucking wild. Hardcore house wild. shows get wild because there's karate in the mix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everything changes when the man whips out the fucking backswing. Everything fucking changes, dude. Yeah, you can't you can't kick back or backswing in a basement. Show. No, no. I remember I remember we were filming. I was filming you guys at mm-hmm. um at the at the, at the hive. hive. Yeah, yeah. I remember like nobody was really throwing down except for once or twice, and yeah. ever and both times me and Nathaniel were like punching in to get like a good uh, a good uh, shot of you like screaming from below mm-hmm. and i just out of the corner of my eye just saw some dude in a, in a pink crying free shirt and i just i just see him like and i'm like oh and then we just like pull back and pull like, the oh, camera fuck. Out of the way, yeah. and god man that, that show is so fun that i remember fun. I, I remember i have one good shot i think it's actually my intro for we are all we have mm-hmm. but like of uh, of you and this other guy throwing down like right next to each other, mm-hmm. and then the dude like gets pushed back into the into the wall. So he just he like slams his whole body into the yeah. wall and kind of like walks off screen. And yeah, I think I think go. that's part of my intro. But like God, <laughs> that show is so wild. House shows, uh, hardcore house shows get fucking wild, dude. I can't wait till we can have shows again. So right, we can play some more house shows because that's gonna be the first step. Because all these venues are going out of business. Yeah, it's so, like people better open up their basements so I can be angry. Yeah, <laughs> DIY house shows are gonna be real really important when we open up again the hive the if hive you, if you please. hear me please 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 we love you all of you please every Thank single you. one of you yeah i also saw a folk punk show at the hive too okay. that show that show was pretty well too we pulled up because I, I love folk punk and so mm-hmm. like we pull up it's a um are, are they brothers oh, I, don't really, know. Oh, I fucking love them uh are they brothers 
Uh, I did I did a stream for them actually. Nice. Very nice people, Timbo and Mike and Mikey. Very nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, are they brothers? Ferns over something. I got. I'm I, Forgive me. I forgot your name. Ferns over growth or something like that. And then uh, worthless in one of the bands I forgot. One of the bands I forgot. But um, we pulled up with like forties. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like. I pulled up with my with my buds with forties and we're just like, all right, <laughs> walking into the folk punk show with the forties. Yeah. Let's go! Like everybody's gonna take one of these to their hands and drink until it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> just like I think we had like an extra one. So I was like, I, I walked down into the venue and I was like, how how fast can I get swarmed if I ask who wants this? So I just went like, everyone with the forty. It was like. Like thirty <laughs> hands shot up like immediately. It's like the first one that grabs it gets. It. I was like, it's first come, first serve. It's just <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to have a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I want to look, I want to look like my Minecraft character when I pull out a seed with chicken in a chicken farm. That's what I want to look like right there now. You go. I just held up the forty, like someone grabbed it, like it's the last melon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I can't wait for the DIYs to even come back, man. Yeah. It's gonna be Soon. so good. Soon. Y'all better fucking show out. All yeah. y'all talking about shows being gone and being oh, so God, sad. Right. Like, when they come back, show the fuck up. No, man, I gotta do my dishes for the second <laughs> time this week. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, man. I work late tonight. By late, I mean I work till yeah. like 3 30 and then I have to go home and be sad for like an hour. Yeah. And then, you know, I can't fit into my schedule. I gotta play con, smoke some weed. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I gotta they... vacuum my room that I haven't touched in months, but that's my excuse. <laughs> Show the fuck up to shows, man. Support. There's this one, um, this is one YouTuber. I think, I think it's Shibby who does these, but he does some great sketches. He's a, he's, he does a, he does a music videos for folk punk bands. Really great uh, YouTube channel. Look him up. Shibby, Shibby Pictures. Um, he does these sketches where um, he does like just random like punk things that happen in the punk scene basically is what is what they are. And like there was one where it's like, hey, are we going to go to the show? It's, at, it's like six o'clock. And they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, sure. We're, mm-hmm. well, let's go. And then they just progressively gets later and later. And they're like, they keep going like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go. And then like it gets to like 11. And they're like, oh, the show's over. Oh, man, that sorry, I oh, yeah, sorry, I missed it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like this dude. Uh, it's just these two people. And they're just like, they just continually smoke more weed. And they're just like, like yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go. I just got to find my shoes or something. Yeah. And it just con- continually gets like more and longer and longer. It's like, that's really how it be, though. That's how it is. That's what, that was my least favorite part about selling tickets, which is. Mm-hmm. Was just like, hey, you want to come to the show? Ah, uh, no, man, I gotta walk my dog next week. I don't yeah. know. It's like, yeah. uh, sorry, it's sorry. Like, Damn, I'm only trying to make a dollar off of these thirty dollar tickets. <laughs> right? Like, come on, man, give me pennies, please. But please, give me, give me pennies for your dollar. Come on, <laughs> money, please. The raccoon hands. Bro. <laughs> yeah, the raccoon hands. <laughs> give me. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been our time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been an hour and fifteen. Well, shit, dog. Shit, man. We, we talked. We, we talked and we did stuff. Thank you guys for watching The Wiretap. This is, once again, Alex from the band Cut Both Ways and Hound. Um, thank you for being here. Thanks for watching. And check out Cut Both Ways. It just released the EP. It's fucking yeah. banger-ass EP. It's called What it, Have I Got to Lose. It's on Spotify and literally everything else. We got some music videos. Yeah. Check you guys got a lot of music videos for that shit. Dude, we're, we're still working on more. Really? Yeah. Fuck. So there's, there's, there's more content coming. Oh my god. Yeah. And Jay did the artwork for that, didn't he? Yeah. Jay oh my god. Yeah. Jay killed that artwork. It Keeping so it in the couple of ways can't. Oh yeah. Can. yeah. Alright, well, thank you guys for watching. Have a grocery day. Goodbye.